It's spring break. And let's face it, after this past year, we all need a break. But when you take that break from reality, do you prefer quiet solitude or taking in far-flung sights? Or do you prefer to be shoulder to sweaty shoulder with bikini babes and bulging beefcakes at the beach? In this episode of the show, we look at the origin of the spring break craze and some pop culture memories of girls and boys gone wild. Pack your bags and put on some sunscreen. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the sunny beach of tomorrow is <laughs> Preston Burt. Preston, how the heck are you doing? I'm made in the shade and ready to play, <laughs> man. Uh, I am fresh off of my spring break, mm -hmm. and I'm back to the grind already. So, uh, not very sun worn, but a, a lot weary now that I have to be back to the grind. You? Oh man, I'm getting ready to go on my spring break. There you go. Yeah, it's perfect timing. Like it's uh, like tag team. You know, my I have a birthday coming up, and one year it was on Easter, and so like spring break is supposed to be like the Easter holiday, mm -hmm. and so um, it worked out really well for me that year. But uh, this year we we took like a little bit longer, and and we're gonna go and have some fun, not at the beach. So, <laughs> but spring break has always been weird to me because. You know, it's it, you. You can never count on it. You know, Christmas is always December twenty fifth. Mm -hmm. Summer, wh while different school districts have different you know start and end times, like you know when that is and you know how long it's going to be. Like spring break always is just some random time. Mm -hmm. you, you don't really know. And then it's different across the country too. So oh, yeah. like, you know, summer vacation for the most part, I mean, there's a core part of summer and poor car part of winter break where everybody is doing the same thing. But right. spring break's like, I mean, college kids went on spring break like a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So it's a little weird, but, you know, you take what you can get and you enjoy it while you can. Yeah, you get it spread out over March and April. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it'd be cool if there was like a set schedule for like this time zone takes it from this time uh -huh. to this time. But uh, I think that would help out with uh, alleviating some of the stress on certain uh hot spots in the country yeah and i honestly i mean to be honest i didn't really take a spring break mm -hmm. uh, my kids were off for spring break we hung around hung around the house for the most part they just watched a whole ton of youtube mm -hmm. um but then one day i took off and we all went to um the local zoo down the road and we went to um uh we went to do some like what did we get Oh, we got some donuts at the down in the downtown little area, but you know, like all outside kind of walking stuff, um, just to be safe. Because while it's starting to feel a little, a little back to normal, yeah, like it's still, you know, you uh -huh. got to play it safe for longer. What? So was that the zoo over here by my house? No, we didn't do that one. Oh, we did okay. the one in Athens. Okay, because I've always wondered, like, you know, I, I live out in the middle of nowhere, and so, like, some person or some people have a zoo, and I've always been like, I wonder, like, they do, like, um, those, like, close encounter exhibits and stuff Whoa. where, like, you can pet, like, an otter or, like, this, like, certain things. They're super expensive. But... Now, w w my kids, I think they have been to that before. Really? I have never been to that one. But, um, I mean, I don't... If you're talking about like your neighbor doing it, then no, probably not been to that one. But uh, we went to this one because it's free, mm -hmm. which is cool. It's it's small, of course, but it's um, it's near the University of Georgia where Athens is, and um, it's like animals that can't be rehabilitated. So mm -hmm. something is wrong with them. Like mm -hmm. they have bald eagles there, but they can't fly because their wings are all jacked up. Mm -hmm. um, but they have a, a decent amount, and there's not even like there's not even a gate check. They just open it up and just walk in, self-guided, walk out. Well, I, I bet the the University of Georgia, yeah. right? I bet they have like some kind of like zoo program. Uh -huh. And so that's all like that's all how it run by like I don't know if this is through them, but hmm. but um they also have a botanical garden that we didn't get to go check out, but that's on our list for next time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we uh we're pushing our like travel vacation kind of stuff to the summer when things will hopefully be even a little bit better and we'll both be vaccinated my wife and i and actually my 
my oldest will be eligible to be vaccinated by by then too so yeah we'll be playing it safe yeah i was hoping i'd get my second shot before going on this trip mm-hmm. but um i had to push it back to you're the day you're after. one in so yeah. that's that's good mm-hmm. That's good. Plus, I had it, so I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that plus the shot equals something. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, anything else been going on lately, man? You've been you've been checking out Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Anything fun? Oh, man, I I I did not want to start watching that show because uh-huh. it seemed like the reaction on Twitter was very tepid about it uh-huh. at, at at first. Well, that was the same way with Wandavision. Yeah, too. I guess that is true. Um, but no, you know what I did do is I got some animation cells, baby. My gosh, you are put you are <laughs> uh, putting those people's kids through college. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know they just added. Um, oh gosh, the uh, Fire and Ice. You know what movie that is? No, the animation. It's it's, it's one of those. Um, it's like a rotoscoped animated movie, okay. like the old Lord of the Rings uh-huh. and stuff, and The Hobbit, um, and uh, Wizards or. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Wizards, Wizards the animated yeah, movie? The, yeah, that movie. They, they just added cells from those. Oh, they added cells oh, from Wizards. No, I'm sorry. No. Somebody else posted that, and I looked at there, and those were all 500 to sell. And yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, they didn't have that. They posted, like, Double Dragon. Yes, yeah, Double Dragon. And I'm Dragon. like, I don't even remember they even had a cartoon for Double Dragon. <laughs> I remember the cartoon for it. I also remember the action figures for Double Dragon. So I do. Um, but uh, I got Back to the Future, and I also got um, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And I got some good ones, so good. You'll have to it. show me after after the show. Now you've actually put up some for sale in the booth. Mm-hmm. Have any of those sold yet? Nope. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think I may have told you that the couple that I put in there they took like months and mm-hmm. months to sell, but they finally found a buyer and they bought them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I like the ones that I put up there um, and the work that I've done. If you want to hear more about the work that I've done for the backgrounds, then you should check out the Patreon shows. Um, but the uh, if if they wind up not selling, I'm fine with it because mm-hmm. I like them. Um, but it'd be cool like if they did sell, and then I would have more money to buy more cells. So <laughs> I could buy one of those uh, fire and ice ones or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure you'll keep on updating us on all of your <laughs> numerous, numerous animation cell purchases. But that's not the topic of the show tonight. The topic of the show tonight is spring break, um, appropriately themed for what's happening in our current. Uh, society right now and we're going to take a look back at it and some pop culture moments and now Brian you picked up the topic Mm -hmm. and you're like hey let's do a spring break show I was like great tons (laughs) tons of stuff to pull from Mm -hmm. au contraire mon frere yeah (laughs) I was looking Mm -hmm. you were very gracious enough to pull like a list together of like some topics to choose from or, Mm -hmm. or some different things that you found but I honestly thought that so many more TV shows and cartoons and what have you mm-hmm. ha- have specific spring break references because it's just so ingrained in my mind. But I think it's ultimately from one of your first picks of just that kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. And you'll, I don't want to spoil a surprise, so <laughs> you'll find out what I'm talking about in a second. But, but like individual shows, like, I, you know, I, I was like, surely like Perfect Strangers or not Perfect Strangers, but like, uh, family, family matters, matters. Yeah. or uh, full house. Full house. They had like, you know, episodes where they went on spring break. But I couldn't find anything like that. Mm-hmm. They were very few. You know, and also considering like the '80s and I guess early '90s had tons of like college movies and mm-hmm. stuff. And you would think like, oh yeah, there'd be tons of movies where yeah. like they're like all the shenanigans that goes on during that time. I do have a a, a movie that is one of my picks. That is a spring break movie. And of course, there is the quintessentially titled Spring Break, Mm -hmm. um, which is obviously a spring break movie. But you get so confused between just sex comedies and um, beach movies Mm -hmm. that, no, actually, most of them are just beach movies or summer movies. They're not spring break movies. Mm -hmm. So. Um, it was a little tough to find, but I, I think we found some gems. Yeah, I think so, too. And, hey, maybe we'll do a summer because there's tons of stuff for summer. Oh, yeah, we'll totally do summer. <laughs> totally do summer. But, yeah, this one was fun to dive in and look back at that culture. Um, before we get into the history of it, mm-hmm. um, w- everybody, when they hear spring break, I imagine they think of the beach. Right. And they think about crazy co-eds and parties and and all kinds of stuff. Was that? I, I'm curious for you specifically because you grew up 
at the beach mm -hmm. for most for a large part of your life. Mm -hmm. Did that have any appeal to you? Um, so I hate the beach, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, so th that was one of the things that, you know, you and I, before the show, we were talking about, um, you know, somebody that traveled and had a lot of traffic at where they went to because of spring break. Right. And so like living in Key West, I never had a job where that, where I dealt with tourism. Uh -huh. Right. I like, I ran security for the hospitals. I worked at a bank, stuff like that. And so like to me, like growing up, tourists are just a nuisance because they, they go slow. They get in your way, like when you're walking down the sidewalk and stuff like that. Um, when I was a little kid, we like we lived in Alabama for a while and we were really close to Panama City Beach. Uh -huh. And so like we would go to, to there a lot. But Panama City Beach was cool because um, they had they get decent sized waves there. But also they have like they had I'm sure it's not there anymore, but there was like a um, a uh amusement park of sorts like they had roller coasters and stuff like that you know like basically like a boardwalk area type of mm -hmm. deal and so like i remember spending all day out of the beach and then spending the night at the amusement park or at the arcade in the hotel and like still feeling the waves hitting my body and stuff you know because i was in the water for so long that day um so i love that part of spring break i've never gone to like club la vila or anything <laughs> like that right and so but you know being so close to panama city beach and, and Dothan, you would hear those ads all the time. And so, like, there, like there's a very clear thing that goes on in it's, Panama City Beach. It's so funny that you mentioned that club specifically. Shout out to my sister. Before the show, I, I texted her. And I was like, first off, hey, did we ever do any fun <laughs> spring break stuff? Because we were not, like, the spring break family. Mm -hmm. um, and then, personally, spoiler alert, I was a big-time geek, and I never did <laughs> ever any of, like, I never went to Panama City for like college and, you know, had all the debauchery and I didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, my sister, she was a teetotaler, um, so it was rather tame, her experience, but she did go one year in high school mm -hmm. to Panama City and she mentioned, we didn't really do anything, but we did go to Club La Vila one night. <laughs> <laughs> Club Vila sounds awesome. It was. I don't think it's. I don't. Th I think this year killed it or last year. Oh, um, too bad. But like, uh, it was like nine nightclubs in one. Like you would go for like. I guess the way it's it, the way it always pictured in my head was you went in the front doors of Club La Vila and it was like this giant sprawling like warehouse and they had different rooms and each room like you'd have a rock club and a rap club and a you know industrial club and mm -hmm. stuff like that and you, and so it was supposed to be amazing. Like. I think I've always been this way. Like I, I, you know, I enjoyed watching, you know, the spring break type stuff on for entertainment. Mm -hmm. But when I go to the beach, I don't want people near me. I seek out the right. spot that is the farthest away from people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the stuff that I would look at now, like if I showed up at the beach, and I was like, oh, there's so many people here <laughs> would be like the lamest beach party <laughs> ever for typical spring break stuff. But, um, yeah, it's just not my scene, man. So yeah. um, I appreciate it, and I'm glad that people enjoy it. And I think that is a cool, like, rite of passage for a lot of young people, mm -hmm. but not my style. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love the ocean, and mm -hmm. I love water. But, man, the beach just sucks. Like, sand. <laughs> I hate sand. I like I like being, like, sand dunes, like, in, like, or, you know, sand bars in the water. But, like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I also don't like being around people that much. And if there's a pool... Uh, like at some place, I hate getting in a pool. If there's other people in the pool, like it's disgusting to me. Yeah, it's, it feels like human soup. <laughs> oh, dude, the, I lived in this apartment not too long ago, and the pool. Every time you got in it, there was always hair floating on oh, top of it. Bro. So like you would like come up from the water and be like, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, nasty! It was it was yeah. a gross pool. Oh, gross. <laughs> that apartment complex sucked. <laughs> that apartment complex is the reason I bought this house. <laughs> nasty. Oh, my gosh. Well, for those of you who may be curious about Spring Break and it's like rise through pop culture, we got a little bit of history for you. We did our due diligence <laughs> with Wikipedia and some other sources. Um, but it was kind of cool because I, uh, I didn't know about this stuff. And it's interesting. Brian mentioned Panama City Beach. Mm -hmm. And that was the one that my sister went to. And, and that was kind of one that I associated with Spring Break. Right. But that really only happened in the mid to late 90s mm -hmm. and forward mm -hmm. the beach before the, the beach to go to my friends for spring break was fort lauderdale beach and that happened um originally 
they credit it all the way back to 1934 when the Colgate University men's swim team went there to practice during Christmas break. And so I guess they're, they don't go into this, but I'm assuming like they're friends or then they were so attractive that people went to go see them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then it just became a thing. And so by the 50s, 20,000 students were um, celebrating what they called spring vacation down in Fort Lauderdale. And it was still kind of like chill. Mm -hmm. But all that changed, man. 1960, there was a book that came out by Glendon Swarthout. She wrote a book called Where the Boys Are. And it was so popular that it um, spawned a movie that same year titled the same thing. Um, in which college girls met boys while they're on spring break in Fort Lauderdale. And um, I, we actually have a clip of that movie that gives you like a vibe of that spring break way back when. Let's check that out. Girls! No, it's not a cartoon. <laughs> Where are you going? Where the boys are! The screen jumps for joy with Glendon Swarthout's inside story of those uproarious Easter vacations. Gentlemen, the city of Fort Lauderdale is once again under fire from the north. Now, Fort Lauderdale is not the only community to be invaded at this time. In Palm Springs and in Newport, on the beaches of the Mid-Atlantic, the students of America are gathering to celebrate the rites of spring. Where's the beach? According to this, it's across the street. Join the fun as the gang tears loose where the boys are. There's plenty of room, all the comforts of home. Anybody here from Princeton? Come on, live it up with their laugh sessions, their romantic sessions, and those way out jam sessions. You gotta turn on the sunshine, you gotta push the blues away. It's the safe. So that just gives you a little taste of, of beach life. I think a lot of that was filmed on location. So you kind of got some shots of spring break at Fort Lauderdale in 1960, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't always that way, Brian. Because in the by the time it got to the 80s, uh -huh. which is what like kind of set our uh, set our minds, it was really, really popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's crazy to think about how during that time Florida was upset about all this traffic that they were getting, right? Uh -huh. Like it, it, like nowadays you think of Florida and the tourism industry, and and that's where they make all their money, and they want all these people to come to Florida and, and have these crazy parties and do all this crazy stuff. But yeah, you know, in uh, in the eighties, it really, uh, it really took took off. Yeah, but in the eighties they had uh, between two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand people that would come there for spring break. It's a far cry from the 20,000 that were there in the 50s. So mm -hmm. it got to be huge and uh, it got to be a nuisance. So like two things happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. One, the town got really upset. And so they issued like a a ban on meetings or something or part, they restrictions on parties in mm -hmm. 1985. And at the same time, the United States enacted the Minimum Drinking Age Act. So you had to be uh, no longer could you be 18 you were you had to be 21 so that impacted that uh, a lot and both the same year so uh it it went down and then at the around the same time other beaches like panama city mm -hmm. they started actively trying to get the tourism and, right. and doing the marketing ads and stuff so yeah it's it's crazy to think about that because um you know you gotta some places want to try to keep oh a nice quiet pace of life and uh -huh. uh, while other places are like hey we got to make that money son <laughs> and so yeah. uh but yeah like in in the in the late 80s it was crazy because um like, like you were saying everything started picking up right and so everything moved uh with the with spring break having those issues in certain cities when, and with everything moving to like panama city beach and stuff like that that you're talking about um you started getting the media involved mm -hmm. right and um pop culture involved yeah and so what better way to bring pop culture to spring break drinking up here drinking up here having a great time for Lauderdale 1985 baby 
<laughs> a far cry from the 60s of our youth. I'm going to get me some bathing suits like that. So that's what it looked like in 1985. Just glamour on the sun. But you have... You have somebody that saw all this happening and then they had to break it out just one I'm more year Chicago, later this is 1985 suburb, i came to florida to learn how to talk to these So MTV hits the beach with MTV's spring break celebration. And I, it's still got to be going on today. It has to be, right? Um, but, man, back in 86, MTV was still fresh. Mm-hmm. They were making it up as they went along. Yeah. And they sent their biggest VJ at the time, Alan Hunter, down um, to help kick off this celebration of of uh, just partying and down at the beach. Um, so... In 2016, he did an interview with GQ, and he he wrote a whole book about like his experiences as a VJ and stuff like that. Um, but he talked about uh, specifically uh, their first spring break celebration um, and what went down in Daytona. Um, you know, he went down there for a week uh, while they were shooting this. He knew it was going to be crazy. They knew that that bringing um, you had Mister Mister and the Beastie Boys coming to do shows. They knew that it would be crazy and that they would be. Um, just riling everybody up, and every you know when people you put a camera on people, they they act a fool a lot of times, and so um, they knew that going down there, he brought his wife. They had he had a brand new child, and uh, he was doing like all these crazy interviews, um, with like Hawaiian tropic bikini models and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And there's one point where he was talking about how he was doing an interview with um like uh I think it was one of those one of those bikini models and his wife is just standing there like and she like picks up her child and he specifically says it was like that scene in the Lion King. She just holds <laughs> the baby up and he said it was probably one of the most awkward things that he's that he's ever like that juxtaposition for me. I'm like, yeah, talking to this uh, bikini clad babe and then there's my wife and my my infant child. So that's nuts. Uh, but yeah, man, like uh, nothing is bigger, I think, during spring break than MTV spring break celebrations during the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, if you're listening to the beginning of the show, I alluded to the pop culture phenomenon mm-hmm. of kind of what set the tone for spring break and the expectation for spring break for so many millions of youth, including myself. And so like, even though I never went to spring break, my expectation of what spring break would be like mm-hmm. <laughs> was based on seeing MTV and seeing, you know, I, I didn't expect to like hobnob with bikini babes or anything like that, but like just like the, the sweaty bodies all close together. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, the hype of the season. It's a, uh, it was a sight to behold every year annually. Yeah. And it was crazy too, because like if you go back and watch those early spring break things, like the last episode of remote control was at spring break. Like they would set up, they set up the stage and had the chairs and everything like that. And, you know, they carried on like throughout the years doing, uh, doing normal shows that they had on MTV, uh-huh. like doing them at, at, but it's so weird to think that like they would be like, well, all right, well the, for the last episode of this, of this trivia show, we're going to have it at, at spring break on the beach. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, it's crazy. The, uh, I, I couldn't imagine just that whole process for that first year, like trying to set that up and be like, okay, well, what are we going to need? Like, like we, we're still making up this, this whole channel as we go along. And then, you know, by, by the late nineties, like it was just so institutionalized that I'm sure it was very easy for them to, they knew exactly what they're going to do. And yeah. you know, everything. Like I, that. I did. I don't know if you did any research into this. Did, are they always at the same beach? No. So they do bounce around. Um, 
so that was that was Daytona mm-hmm. in '85. I know that they've done. Um, I'm sure they have to have done Panama City. They did Panama City because okay. at Club La Vila they had the Spice Girls kicking off some. Uh, I don't know, some show and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like they've gone to Key West. I, I know I, I might be conflating that because they did Real World in Key West once and like for a season. Uh-huh. And so I might be mixing the two together. But I know I know that they were down there. I think so. they went to Orange Beach, Alabama. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where Orange Beach, Alabama is. Is that near Mobile? <laughs> no, it's right across the Florida border. Oh, okay. <laughs> so funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, MTV, dude. So good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I never was spring break. In fact, the only time I went to Florida as a youth was mm-hmm. not to the beach. It, uh, sorry. I did go to Florida as a youth, but for spring break, my one spring break trip, actually, my mom gave me a picture, uh, when she visited, uh, just this last weekend that uh-huh. I hadn't seen in years. So check this out. This is my one time going to a Florida location during <laughs> spring break. Was to Universal Universal Studios, man. That's a perfect place for party monsters. I was in fifth grade, um, showing some love there with uh, Frankenstein. A funny, he's a far cry from bikini babes and, and uh, beefcakes, mm-hmm. but uh, I had a fun time nonetheless. And that was right when Universal Studios opened for the most part. Like, oh, wow. some of the star, some of the rides weren't even open. Like Back to the Future ride uh-huh. wasn't open. It it hadn't finished was, yet. Was Jaws open? Jaws was open. Oh man and et was open and all that stuff it was fun good times i'm e- glad i got, e. went. was a good ride the the you don't need to show it again but the the picture brian showed was actually as uh, a photo souvenir it's a keychain so the back of it has oh, okay. the, the the studio logo on there and stuff but yeah a far cry from spring break with mtv <laughs> my goodness so i've got you know we brought you a little bit of the history of spring break and i actually one my first pick ties into that history very, very closely. So check this out. Fort Lauderdale is a zoo. It's full of millions of guys who are just looking for animal sex and debauchery. Exactly, that's why we're going. Four gorgeous girls on the way to where the boys are. Thank you, God. Oh my god, it's a supermarket of sex! I want to meet some total bonehead with the most gorgeous vibe. I'm talking Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> where the boys are. Where the fun never sets. Where the music never ends so there you have it folks that is the trailer to this vhs that i'm holding up right now where the boys are 84 now technically in the uh the movie itself it doesn't say 84 but Mm -hmm. i think I'm sure that was just to differentiate the title from the original so it wouldn't get lost in searches and stuff. It's like Doom 16 or 2016. Yeah. They have to they have to say it. So this uh, is the updated version for the 80s of the the movie based off the book that that started it all where the boys are. And it ha- when you watch the movie and you watch the original trailer, I didn't watch the original movie because that looks like a snooze fest. Um <laughs> you see a lot of the similarities. So mm-hmm. there, the reason I picked this one, um, and I know it's it may not be the case, it's just my perception having been a, a male. You know, a lot of the stuff that is targeted towards Springs Break seems to be, you know, like the sex comedies and things like that for, for guys, right. you know, mm-hmm. the bikini clad babes. But I, the reason I picked this one, because I thought it was really cool that the four main protagonists are female. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of through their eyes and more female empowerment and stuff like that um, where they're on the hunt and they're trying to get their jollies for spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie, be honest, it's not like <laughs> right home about it great, but it checks so many boxes of just like what you expect from a spring break movie. Mm-hmm. 
um, and what you expect for spring break because this was filmed, you know, let's say 83, 84, it came out in 84. So that was like coming upon the very peak of that spring break and it's filmed in uh, Fort Lauderdale mm -hmm. uh, where spring break was happening. So this is a cool like full circle to see how it came um, and updated from the original. Have you ever seen this movie? I, I, I know I have no recollection. Okay, so ever. now what's interesting is like the the clips you see online, or mm -hmm. sorry, the synopses you see online. I don't know where it came from because it's different than the back of the book. Hmm. I mean, the back of the the VHS tape. So I'm just going to read you straight up. Uh, this is key video, which I I love the artwork on this one. It's got the the rainbow um, spine. Anyway. Beers, bods, and bikinis. Four curvy college co-eds head south on a spring break trek to Fort Lauderdale seeking fun in the sun in this freewheeling sexual comedy that's an update of the original film. Carol, taking a separate vacation from her steady boyfriend, winds up as a hot contender in a hot bod contest. Jenny is double lucky, courted by both a rich classical pianist and a devil-may-care rocker. Sandra, looking for the Mr. Right, who will finally fully satisfy her, and Lori, who dreams of a night of unbridled passion with a real He-Man, both get their wish, but with surprising results. The girls are gorgeous, the boys are built, romance is rampant, and there's enough beer for everyone. So grab the suntan lotion and come on down to the sexy seashore where the, where the boys are. You deserve a vacation. <laughs> that is how you write a, 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 a synopsis for sure. <laughs> You know, uh, what I think is interesting is you, you did talk about how watching that trailer and watching the original trailer, they do have very similar things, right? And a lot of those beach movies from the 60s had had similar tropes as well. Like you have the dancing and singing that goes on like at the beach or at someone at spontaneously at some place where someone starts playing some music. Uh -huh. You know, you have like all the wacky things that you can only do at the beach, like surfing or, you know, swimming and, and stuff like that. And so... It is funny, like, how a lot of the 60s movies didn't have the drinking part of it. It was just, like, kids having fun type of deal. Uh -huh. And and But the first Where the Boys Are and then this one both have an emphasis on, on the alcohol also. Oh, yeah. Because they're showing more of the true thing about it instead of just, like, the beach movies of, of that time period. Yeah. This one's crazy. It's got... Um it's got live... It's got a live music element. They were trying to put over... Uh, a band mm -hmm. oh my gosh why didn't I write this name down but uh, it was a rockabilly band the Stray Cats no some, from England mm. and so they're in there um, you know I think it's quintessential that you have like some sort of music element mm -hmm. and, and they were there to fill that void interestingly enough um, this is a very early um, performance of Christopher McDonald mm -hmm. Shooter McGavin mm -hmm. he's very young and a lot like skinnier mm. um than he was you know uh, later in life and his voice is a lot like he doesn't look that young but his voice is not nearly as gruff huh it's really it's really crazy and then also a star of this one is lisa hartman mm -hmm. who people may remember from knots landing and then she was also in the before this movie she was also um on the spinoff Bewitched series called oh. Tabitha. Did you know they made a spinoff Bewitched series about their daughter? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. Like, was she, I guess, was it, did it just take place like right after the show ended? Or was it Tabitha as she was older? As she was older. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then it's so weird. I, I don't watch this show, but it's just so weird how, like, I'm watching this movie and then I'm doing some research and then um, Lisa Hartman, uh, she just popped up recently as one of the people on golly what sorry folks my brain is blanking what's the name of the show where they're wearing the masks uh and singing oh the masked singer <laughs> <laughs> what a clever name for a show it writes itself <laughs> yeah i i don't watch that show i i cringe at that kind of stuff but she was the snowy owl and performed with her husband clint black oh okay i was gonna say i'm surprised that she's famous enough to be on that show i know i, I was like, like wait <laughs> I, I was like i'm missing something here how who is she now um but yeah so she married clint black and she's a singer in her own right um but they did do a duet that hit number one on the country charts wow. years ago i couldn't tell you the name of it but um yeah so she's in this movie and 
uh, I did want to show one random thing, and I wish I had the movie clip because it's just so random. So early in the early in the movie, they're doing a montage when they first show up to the beach, mm-hmm. and they show, you know. They show all these bikini babes, and they show all these beefcakes, and they show people guzzling beer, and they're playing volleyball, and they're running around playing football, and they're, you know, all the cars and the people. And then they pop up this dude walking by. (laughs) Mr. Boa Constrictor guy uh, with, like, a half fro going. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so random and jarring that I think they need to make a – uh, a show about this guy. I want to know this guy's story. Well, so, so there's there's a couple things here. A lot of beach places have where you can have a picture taken with a parrot or a snake and stuff like that. So maybe that's his day job. Uh-huh. He finished finished shut down his booth because here he, he's missing a shirt. So he's he's decided to cut loose at this point. Mm-hmm. He's had a tough day. He's going to go down to the beach and hang out where the party's going on. He's going to spring break. That's got to be what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, so you heard the synopsis. There's not uh, a whole lot to talk about, but it is, I would consider it like a comfort spring break movie where it's just like something you put on in the background, enjoy it, um, look at, the, the fun and the fashion of the 80s, mm-hmm. the spring break life at the height of the spring break. Um, it's free to view right now on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. So check that out. And um, yeah, I, I just thought it was cool to show it full circle um, from the thing that kicked it all off. Nice. Well, my next thing has no video, and I tried really hard to find some kind of commercial or something, uh, but I'm just going to talk about it. Uh, so we've recently talked about how hot trading cards are right now. Dude, trading cards, it is insane. Check this out. Um, at Target, right? Yeah. They they used to just have, like, when they when they got stuff in, they would put it out, right? And they had to change it to now on Fridays, I think it is, they have, they release their trading cards. And you're only allowed to buy three packs, and but you can go through the line as many times as you want, but people will camp out the night before to get trading cards. What? Yes. That's crazy. It is crazy. Like, like... Like at five in the afternoon on Thursday, there's people already camped out for trading for three cards. Three packs of well, cards, you, but you can keep going through. Oh right? my word! So yeah, isn't that crazy? Trading cards, dude. And you you even talked about on on Twitter how like it's come prices have come down too. Yeah. And I've looked at Pokemon stuff because Pokemon's really hard to find, and they're not selling for ex- exorbitant amounts of yeah, money. Yeah, it's, it's not camp out worth right. money. <laughs> it's crazy to me, but you know. Growing up, trading cards were such a big part of my life. Yeah, and me too. dude, like there was probably I I had a wide variety of cards that I loved, but the Marvel trading cards were my favorite, hands down. Right, and and night in the nineties, you had so many different types of packs going on. You know, with just Marvel, because there were like X Men packs and then like Marvel full packs and stuff like that. Right, um, and then in Fleer decided that they wanted to start experimenting with different lines and different quality. And so they put out the line of Ultimate X-Men uh, trading cards. Do you remember these cards? So who who put these out? Fleer. So I remember Fleer Ultra. Yeah. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Fleer uh-huh. Ultra. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved Fleer Ultra because, like, so you mentioned the different types of cards. Mm-hmm. I was on board from from day one with the Marvel Universe Series 1 in 1990. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, X-Men came out in 92, mm-hmm. and that was like an Impel brand, and that had Jim Lee art. Mm-hmm. I love those. Um, but then, like you mentioned, when Fleer came out with Fleer Ultra, the card stock, yeah. it was glossy, mm-hmm. it was smooth, it smelled so good when yeah. you opened the pack, and the art was was great there too. And they, um, you know, they had so many different characters and things that you didn't normally have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they were huge among my, me and my friends. Yeah, and it was cool, too, because, you know, you talked about, like, the Jim Lee art and stuff like that. And so, like, the Fleer Ultra ones were all painted, right? And so, like, it was almost like the Masterpiece series, that that, that mm-hmm. line that came out later on. Um, but, uh, you know, there were, they also had, like, different types of cards. Like, there was also, do you remember the clear ones? Like, some, like so they would tie into, like, the animated series sometimes. Uh-huh. And they would do, like, a clear card that had, like, a film reel type of look to yeah. it and stuff. So, yeah, they were, they were some of the coolest cards. But they came out with those in 1994. 
And then in 95, the second line that they came out with, both both years they did 150 cards. Um, but they were trying to, like, spice things up and, you know, get some new art. Uh, the second line had uh, the painting talents of uh, Lu- uh, Luis Royo, the the Hildebrandts. Yeah. And Boris Vallejo and Ray Lago, right? Uh-huh. And part of that whole deal was uh, getting um, – you know, superheroes doing the regular superhero thing. You know, you would see like Wolverine fighting some people on a bank or like, you know, somebody running from somebody or doing some kind of crazy action pose and stuff like that. But at the end of that line, it was, Oh, I thought I, I thought I wrote it down. It was like the last nine cards of, uh-huh. of that pack. They had a special spring break story, baby. So it was amazing because what you had was it was a nine of line <laughs> cards and you had Bishop, Rogan Gambit, Iceman, Jubilee and Professor X, Psylocke and Archangel, Rogue Alone, Scott and Gene, Storm and lastly Wolverine. And it was just them spending some time at spring break. So weird. <laughs> It's amazing because, so, well, you know, they've, it's all X-Men. They've already had other series of X-Men cards. They're just like, okay, let's do something different. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that pose right there that you're showing of uh, Psylocke and Storm, I, there were, <laughs> that was the rage. Uh-huh. You know, the, uh, golly, it, it was all the art for comic books, like the bad girl mm-hmm. vibe was really huge at that time. And they would have you know these female superheroes in these scampy skimpy costumes and i remember i got my i lived with my grandmother and i subscribed to wizard magazine uh-huh. and i also had the american entertainment catalog that would come in my mail mm-hmm. and one time uh a, the cover was like lady death or, <laughs> oh, or, yeah. or, oh yeah or it may have been psylocke in the bikini i forget and she looked at me so disapprovingly and was like <laughs> what are you reading this is filth, Preston. And she was a, you know, her husband was a preacher. And it was like, whoa, I felt so ashamed and At so least it wasn't Vampirella. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that would have been forbidden. Uh, it's so funny, too, because um, the art, you know, we talked about how great the art is on, on these cards. But, man, sometimes they just really miss the mark. Dude, <laughs> this card, how did this get cleared? I don't know. It's amazing. These cards, they all had, like, stories on the back, too, like where they would normally have their bio. And um, the the this one with, uh, with Jubilee putting suntan lotion on Professor X's head says, Prof's got an A1 brain, but that won't stop his dome from frying. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the picture on Jubilee's face is so bad. But man, it just it, it really it reminds brings, you of something. Yeah, it brings something to mind, and I could not help but but think of what it was. But it's totally that GIF <laughs> of Edge where they cut <laughs> his the, nose out. They cut. They've there was a uh, one of the ropes was in front of his face, and they just cut the rope out, and it's amazing. It is totally Jubilee. <laughs> so. Yeah, go back, show Jubilee again. Okay, here we go. Look, it's totally <laughs> it, man. I, I I need to know who the artist was for that because people make fun so bad for like Rob Liefeld and they mm-hmm. they give him grief about not being able to draw feet and then like you know the muscle proportions and stuff. But that one is the, the pockets, the number of pockets. Yeah, that, on people. that that face is how you got on a trading card. That's that's rough. Yeah, and I know that Rogue was popular when I was younger. But she was on two of the cards. That's crazy to me that, that they had Rogue on two of them, one by herself and then one with Gambit. They don't have, what? And did they have a Jean Grey one? Yeah, it was oh, Scott, okay. Scott and Jean playing I in, the, in the water. I guess they're looking for more bikini babes. I guess. Like, like Jean was always my favorite. Like, I was just like, Rogue was all right. But, like, Jean was – like, she was super powerful. And so, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, they, they really so missed weird. the mark there. They could have they could have had – they could have – somebody – they they did the animated series. They could have had Morph come on and <laughs> do like a stupid thing. Yeah, I know we don't. Um, I I know we don't like pick a winner for uh-huh. at the end of the show of like who had the best pick. Um, but when I saw this on there, mm-hmm. hands down, this it doesn't get any better from here, people. Okay, the Jubilee <laughs> face. It's it's great. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Good good pick. Deep cut. Deep cut, bro. Dude, those cards are amazing. All right, so, um, you know, I was going to show something, 
but I, I, that's just too good. So I'm gonna have to go with my my. I'm gonna have to up my game and go with something else instead. So, you know, we talked about being able to try to find a lot of sitcoms and things mm-hmm. that uh, went to spring break, and I, I hit like all the usual subjects suspects. Mm-hmm. I went through all the TGIF. Um, I, I typed in a lot of different things that I thought they went somewhere, but they it was either summer vacation or whatever. And then the least likely of suspects showed its ugly head. Roll that beautiful beat. Before we bring out the babes, let's meet our judges. Representing our TV, our former Miss Spring Break winners, Missy Cameron and Tammy Grandstaff Bird. What was first prize back then? A hundred grand worth of chocolate coins? (laughs) (laughs) Our next judge. Frat boy extraordinaire, Mr. Jefferson Darcy. And ladies, he's single. Oh, thank you. Our next judge comes to us all the way from Taiwan. Mr. Miyagi Wong. And our last judge. From Fire Island, an organizer of last year's Gay Prince on Washington, <laughs> Carmine Cha-Cha D'Angelo. All right, so if you're just listening to our clip, um, then you may not recognize that as Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Married with Children went to spring break and it was a two-parter? Hey, if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be married with children. So. <laughs> it was so uh, so random how they went there and how they worked in the storyline. You know, he's a shoe salesman. What are they doing down there on spring break? But were you a big um, Married with Children fan growing up? Oh, dude, I love Married with Children. It was so good. And it was, I feel like Married with Children was also like one of the first like DVD series that I bought also. Really? Yeah. Well, I have a confession. I... I wasn't allowed to watch that show as a kid. <laughs> and watching this episode, I see why. Mm-hmm. I look at the stuff. Now, even now, I'm like, how did this air on primetime television in, I think it started in the late 80s, right? It's because it's Fox, baby. Wow. Yeah, so Fox was really toeing the line of quality of content back then. But um, so this episode, like I mentioned, it's a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it was in season 10 episode 18 in February 96. So this is a later in their run. Mm-hmm. Technically it was episode number 227 out of 259. So late in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize they ran that long, but I guess when you think about they had, you know, the different neighbors swap out and the well, kids grow. I was going to say, just think about like seeing the kids grow yeah. up, you know, like Bud, when he was, when that series started, like he was like a child. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I was a big fan of Bud, uh, David Faustino, uh, I really liked him because he was in my um, my favorite movie of all time, Mr. Boogity. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was in your high school, and I was going to be like, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't in my high school. But anyway, so um, this one is um, Kelly and her friends. They scam Bud and his friends out of their um, their tickets to spring break. So Bud is apparently in some lame-o fraternity with a bunch of geeks. Mm-hmm. And they were going to go down there for spring break. But the girls seduced him and his friends, got the tickets, went down anyway, and were going to enter in a contest for, like, Miss Spring Break. Um, and then Peg is off somewhere. I think she's in there for, like, one one shot. I don't know what was going on with, the, with Katie Sagal mm-hmm. um, at the time, but she was not in this episode, really. And then... Um. Oh, what's his neighbor's name? Do you remember? It's uh. They said it in that. I forget. Oh, uh, Dar- Darcy and. Yeah. What's his name? I don't know. I'm so bad. <laughs> um. Uh. Pressure. Anyway, so that guy, he um, tells Darcy that he's going on a trip to do some charitable work or something, but he instead goes down to um, judge this contest because it's hosted by his. Um, his old fraternity or something. Mm-hmm. It's very convoluted. The situation with which they put them all together in the same place at the same time is uh, uh, quite roundabout. 
but it's really funny. And I wanted to bring this up because uh, I thought it was a very quintessential 90s show because it's bringing all these pop culture elements together. Mm-hmm. You got the spring break um, element. You've got Married with Children. You've got Chris Hardwick from Singled Out on that show. That makes sense. Very, very weird, man. Um, he wasn't playing himself either. He was playing a, a version of himself, mm-hmm. I guess. But, mm-hmm. man, that guy's weird. Yeah, I think he probably had tons of experience from doing Singled Out at Spring Break. Oh, that, sure. You know. Yeah, I, how many episodes do you think they did of Spring Break? Uh, sorry, of Singled Out at Spring Break? Because I remember that. It has to, it has to be like I don't know how long that show was on the air, but I'm willing. I feel I feel like they had more than just him and Jenny McCarthy, right? There was somebody after her, and uh-huh. so it had to Carmen be, Electra. Yeah, yeah. That, so it had to be at least five years, you know. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what happened after that show <laughs> at Spring Break. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, I don't really have that much else to say about it, but. Mm-hmm. It is searchable on the internet. You can find it very easily to watch. And um, it is, it, it still is, it toes the line on, yeah. <laughs> on good taste. But um, check it out, man. Well, so I got something else that toes the line on, on good taste um, nowadays, maybe. <laughs> An all new Beach Blanket Sabrina. Crazy. The only thing bigger than the fun in the waves is the hair. This isn't hair. Washington Monument. With guest stars Aaron Carter and Frankie Avalon. Beach Blanket Sabrina in primetime, followed by pop stars. You know, we talked about how um, the, the things that happen in uh, Where the Boys Are, right? Mm-hmm. And um, how crazy it was like you have certain things that happen in those movies uh you know you had the beach stuff the the partying in the water the just jumping around singing and stuff like randomly like oh a song starting here you got a band in it right and this episode of sabrina the teenage witch um has all of that so yeah. uh you know and you know even with well, having uh, the musical act like you know aaron ac is electricity baby he had to have aaron carter sing i want candy it's so funny that you have all those things that you check off that make it like a spring break uh, show. Mm-hmm. And this one specifically has something that it was so weird. I felt like it was I'm, I'm trying to hard. I'm trying hard to compare it to something to today's world. But Frankie Avalon mm-hmm. and Annette Funicello mm-hmm. in the early 90s, early to mid 90s, were having a moment mm-hmm. like a resurgence. And, of course, in this episode, they also have Frankie Avalon uh, as a guest star. So, I don't know. I guess it was just, you know, they want to pull in the parents, too. Yeah. And so they bring in someone from that time period um, as an interest for them. But, yeah, to see him on there, I was like, oh, well, there he is. (laughs) Yeah. It's also crazy. I I know that this breaks our 2000 rule. But to me, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is a 90s show. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, I'm surprised to learn that this was 2000. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was the show ran till 2003, from 1996 oh, really? to 2003. Um, and so basically, what happened in this show is Sabrina's at college, and um, this 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 one aired in 2001. And so she's in college at this time. Uh, she, her, and her friends want to go partying at some awesome beach for spring break, and so Sabrina books the room and everything she lets her aunts know that she's going to go down there and they're really worried well at first they're not one of them's not worried i don't remember which one and she's like well what are they gonna do like sabrina's an intelligent person like she's not going to be crazy and they're like don't you remember what we did for spring break and so they call upon frankie avalon (laughs) and he plays himself he plays uh he, he plays with his own name and they reference frankie avalon stuff but he is the good clean fun consultant oh that's great <laughs> and so he cast a spell in order for um sabrina to have good clean fun at spring break instead of having like some debauchery so. yeah uh when they get down there everybody at the beach and at the hotel is saying man this is so peachy keen and stuff like that <laughs> and like sabrina's friends are all like where did you book us why did you take us to this place i thought you said we were having like a fun time and uh and over the course of the show they all start buying into it and like get the big beehive hairdos and like like I'm starting to talk to you about something, but instead we're going to do the mashed potato and oh, stuff like man. that. Uh, and, and, you know, you have Aaron Carter saying, uh, you know, I want candy and stuff. So, um, 
It is it, it is a pretty crazy and weird show. Did her cat make it down at the beach with her? No, he he had to stay home oh, with okay. Aunt Zelda and the other aunt. <laughs> yeah, I was dude. I can't believe that show ran till two thousand three. Mm-hmm. That seems like that seems like Clarissa explains it all came out, and then Sabrina the Teenage Witch came out, mm-hmm. and I put it all in the nineties together. Yeah, but. yeah, and it's and like to me because of Sabrina that um, or because of Clarissa explains it all. Like like I feel. The only other person that could rival Melissa Joan Hart in her 90s-ness uh-huh. is, I'm not going to remember her name now, <laughs> um, the girl from Clueless, uh, Alicia Silverstone. There you go. Like, they're the only, like, like they're, like, the quintessential, like, 90s, like, movie and TV stars, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it would be awesome if they did, like, some 90s thing together and, and destroyed the universe. But, um, yeah, it was basically just a parody of 60s beach movies, um, and the name of the episode was... Uh, Beach Blanket Sabrina, which is a direct reference to Beach Blanket Bingo, uh, which was a uh, 60s beach film. So, yeah, spring break at the beach, baby. Yeah, that's (laughs) great, man. Well, you know, we had a a few others that we could have chosen from. There was a reference to um, – there was a a tie-in to a Friends episode that I almost went with Mm -hmm. um, where Ross is very young – very young um, date Mm – is going to spring break and he's just worried that he has to go and then he gets worried that she's going alone um and then you got we almost did tiny tunes mm-hmm. spring break yeah they had an episode they have two spin-off episodes that were like just devoted to those to halloween and to spring break uh-huh. but we've already talked about tiny tune adventures before i will say that episode has a Ren and Stimpy reference and a Beavis and Butthead reference. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy for Looney Tunes to, to do that. So, And then you put on here as a possibility for me to choose uh, Stolen Kisses episode of Dawson's <laughs> Creek, which if my wife were here, she would be able to tell you all about. But I, however, I'm not an expert in that one. So I pass on that one. But again, I know we don't usually pick winners, but dude, sh- kudos for remembering, for diving deep. I don't know how, <laughs> like, I think about, I think about x-men cards a lot mm-hmm. more than people will probably assume that i do but how you dove that deep to think about them having spring break <laughs> edition cards for the last 10 in the set uh that's that's great a kudos man cool uh, i do want to say there are some movies that i want to bring up they are not retro at all but well i don't know i guess spring breakers has a has an 80s vibe to it but dude check out spring breakers if you have not seen spring breakers you should watch that movie it is um oh god what's james franco james franco's best role ever i i love that movie uh, i have not seen it because it was so (laughs) off-putting in the trailers (laughs) it is it is so good you you should people everyone has to see that movie and then also another movie that actually takes place during spring break to lava to lanchula with um uh What's his name? The guy from Police Academy, Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg <laughs> the and, Goot? and the other the other guy from Police Academy, uh, <laughs> Michael the, Winslow. Yes, Michael Winslow. <laughs> they are both in that movie. <laughs> two lava, two lanchula. Yeah, it's about um, these volcanoes come up and these lava spiders get shot oh out on the gosh. land. It's, it's like one of those like sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> like shark, shark tornado. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> dude, I gotta check that one out. That's awesome. Uh, it's a sequel to Lava Lanchula. So, Lava <laughs> Lanchula. <laughs> so good. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up our show for the evening. I am very sure that we missed some like monumental, <laughs> key, pivotal spring break pop culture reference. And if we did, please let us know. We'd love to talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on email or on social. You can email us at waybackattackshow at gmail.com to let us know how horrible we're doing or what we've missed on the show. <laughs> yeah, tell us um, either way. It, it, or I, if you like it. Constructive you know? criticism, baby. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then, Brian, where can they find you on social media? You can find me at B.E. Grantham. Um, you can email the show. Did you give the email address? Anybody I did see? the email, yeah. Okay, okay. well, I'm going to give you the show's Twitter handle, <laughs> which is at wayback underscore attack. And then, uh, you know, like I said earlier, we talked about some other – we talk, We have another uh, bonus show that comes out every month on, on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash waybackattack. And, uh, you know, we other things go up on there. You get early access to things. And uh, with membership starting at only $2, if you can't – Give us an extra $2 a month. We understand. But do us one more solid and just tell your friends how much you love the show uh, because uh, we don't 
buy ads or anything. The only way we find new people is by people spreading that word of mouth. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're quiet, hey, just shoot us a message or hit us on social media so that we know you're listening. It helps us to sleep at night. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm at SquareSif on Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. And we hope to see you in two weeks uh, with another fun, fabulous episode of Wayback Attack. See you then. Peace.